Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. I want to talk to you today uh, from the topic of preppers and again, preparing for what God has for us. And I got a scripture from Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 27. It says this, prepare your work outside, get everything ready for yourself in the field. And then after that, build your house, prepare your work outside, get everything ready for yourself in the field. And then after that, build your house. See, oftentimes what we want to do as humans, human nature is we want to build what we have. We want to build our life. We want to build our platform. We want to build our influence. We want to build our marriage. And all those things are great. Nothing wrong with those things. But before we get into building and the building process of our lives, the scripture says here that there's preparation that must take place. Preparation, planning, strategic, strategically thinking and planning how it is that we are to build. And I believe this, that preparation is really, it's really the, the I think it's it's a sign of faith in our lives when we're preparing for what God has for us. Why? Because preparation is just expectation and action. Preparation is just expectation and action. I'm expecting something to happen, so I'm going to prepare for it. You ever had people coming over, and so you prepare for them? Husbands, you know how your wife gets, you know what I'm saying? Like, she'd be like cleaning stuff that you never clean, and she'd be cleaning it. Y'all know what I'm saying? We're preparing, why? We're preparing because we want to see or we expect somebody to be at our house. We prepare for something because we're expecting it. It should be the same thing with God. For the things that we're expecting from him, that we're desiring for him, that we're believing from him, and we should be people that say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have this expectation. I'm gonna create this faith in my heart that's in action. And so I'm gonna prepare. I'm gonna do what God asked me to do. And then I'm also gonna, gonna see him in a way that helps me do that. And I think this is the case oftentimes that when we're, when we really care about something or we really care about someone, we prepare for it. When we really care about something or we really care about someone, we prepare for something. We prepare for it. Many of you know the bowl game. I'm sure you watched it. It was a few weekends, uh, not a few weeks, but a week and a half ago on Thursday. And I, I was on a trip with my family from different parts of the country, and we got together. And I told him, listen, I just want you to know, Thursday, I'm, I, I'm watching the game. the game. I told him the game time. I said, I just want you to know, this, at this time, we are, I am not, you can go do whatever you want. I'm watching the game. Ashley said, you know we have a child. I said, not during this time. There were some tensions that we had to work through. I'm kidding, obviously, but I, even, I remember telling her, she said, we have a kid, don't forget. I said, yes, she's going to be watching it with me. Come on, somebody. We're going to train them up when they're young, and they will not part from it. Come on. That's a scripture. If you don't know, it's in Proverbs. Bless God. I prepared my whole week around something I cared about. I let everybody know about it. I made sure it was set right, it was scheduled. Why? Because I cared about what it was. It's the same thing with anything and anyone in our lives. When we, are, when we care about something, we're gonna be willing to prepare for it. And so why is it that we would not do the same thing for God? We just expect God to show up in our lives. 
We expect him just to move. We expect him just to speak. We expect him just to heal or bless or whatever it may be without ever taking time to prepare. But I I believe this preparation is faith in action. It's this expectation that says, God, I'm going to do my part and then I'm going to trust you're going to do your part. We must be a people that are willing to prepare for what God has for us. And I I really do believe this, that oftentimes as we grow in our lives, we prepare for something. Y'all know how it is when you first start a job, how much you're preparing for your job. You you first start your class, you're preparing for your, like you do all this prep in the beginning and y'all know how it goes as you go along, you get a little less preparation each time. Y'all know what I'm saying? To the last series or the last session or the last day or last week of your job or the last class, you ain't even study, you ain't even looking, you don't even care, you're just here. You know what I'm saying? Well, I believe this, that oftentimes growth is one of the greatest enemies of growth. I believe growth is one of the greatest enemies of growth. You remember when you first came to know the Lord? You remember how, how passionate you were to read the scripture, to know more about him, to be involved, to get into a, a, a small group, to get into his word, to get into prayer. Do you remember how passionate you were? That's preparation for his presence and, and how, how easy it is as we grow that we can just fall into this complacency and the growth is actually what hinders more growth. You remember when you first met your boo? You remember how much you pursued that boo? Remember how often you talked to them? Way too much. You didn't even have stuff to say. Fellas, you didn't even know what to say. You just were doing it because you loved them. Why? Because you were in a relationship, but over, uh, because you were in love. What happens is through the growth of being together, what can oftentimes happen, that growth can actually cause us to become complacent and cause us to stop growing in that area of our lives. And so this is why God desires for us to always be people that are preppers, always preparing for what God has for us, always preparing in his presence and always in allowing God and, uh, to, to use us and move in our lives as we continue to grow. And I, I, I wanna talk to you today about preparing for God's presence. I wanna talk to you about preparing for God's presence because I believe this, God desires to be a, a, a God that, uh, that moves his presence in our lives. The Bible says, we, 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 we uh, talked about it all last month, that God's with us. We know that. He's with us. He'll never forsake us. Yes. He'll never leave us. Yes. He's always with us. Yes. But there's also the presence of God that what he will do is he'll come and his presence will overwhelm us or overshadow us and encourage us and strengthen us and, and move in our lives more than just him being around us. You, ever, you can be in the same room as somebody. We're all in the same room as somebody. But I'm not intimately knowing you right now. But as we get one-on-one with one another, then we can intimately know one another and we can encourage one another, we can strengthen one another, we can know our vulnerabilities, why? That's being in one another's presence and so God will allow his presence to overwhelm us and overshadow us and us experience his presence if we allow ourselves to prepare for that. That being said, I wanna talk to you about Moses. Many of you know this story probably, but Moses... He was a man who was the prince of Egypt. He ended up, he was an Israelite that ended up being saved and he is, becomes a prince of Egypt and he ends up getting kicked out of Egypt. He runs from Egypt, in fact, and the Bible says in, in chapter three, as we pick up, he's just now a shepherd and on a mountain for his father-in-law. I wanna read it to you in Exodus chapter three and verse one. It says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. 
the priest of Midian, and he, fl- he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness. He came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, and he says, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Moses is a shepherd, and he's a man that's looking after his father-in-law's sheep, and he gets to the place of where he goes onto this mountain, leaving Uh, leading the sheep and the Bible says he sees this bush that's burning and he gets amazed by this burning bush and so that he steps over to go to it and as he does God calls him from within the bush Abraham's I mean not Abraham excuse me Moses says here I am here I am and so God says hey take off your sandals you're now standing on holy ground now I could look at this scripture and we all probably could and we could probably say Moses didn't do a whole lot to prepare for God's presence in this moment that's true I believe that. But there are some things in this scripture that I can show you that I believe God's been speaking to me about that will help us how we can begin to continue to prepare. And there are some things Moses did as well, but things we can do to prepare for his presence in our lives. In verse one, the scripture says this. It says, if you want to pull it up, verse one, it says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro. He was a prince in Egypt. Egypt was at this point the most powerful city, nation in the world, and, and he was a prince of this entire nation. He had influence. He had power. He had fame, he had money, he had everything that he would want. He was a prince. And then he gets to the point here where now he's just tending the flock as a shepherd. If you know the biblical text, the shepherd was considered one of the most humble jobs. It was a a job that nobody really wanted. It was a job that was very low in pay and low in status. He went from being a prince with great status to a shepherd with hardly any status. What does this show me? It shows me that in order for us to really prepare for God's presence, we have to be people that walk in humility. Humility. The Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. Let me tell you something. You wanna, you wanna never experience God's presence? Walk in pride. I love that, that Moses here is so uh, unconcerned. We, see, we can read the scripture. We never see him complaining about being a shepherd. We never see him complaining about looking after Jethro's flocks. No, why? Because he was content and humble in being where he was and the season that he was in. As Christians, as believers, as humans, we have to be a people that walk in humility daily, not being concerned about a position in our lives. We can, as Christians and as humans, not even Christians, we can be so concerned sometimes about being seen that we can miss that God is wanting us to see him. It's not about us being seen. It's about walking in humility. If I really want to experience the presence of God, God, that stuff doesn't matter. I'm after you and I want to walk in your presence. I want to be seen by you. I want to see you and your face and your glory in my life. It's interesting because if you would really think, if you were in the period that Moses was in his life, you would have thought this. If you were Moses even, the best is behind me. I went from being a prince 
Everybody knew me. I had all this money. I had all this fame. I had all this wealth. I was sitting fat. I was sitting so good. And now I'm just a shepherd on some mountain alone. Nobody sees me. Nobody knows me. If you would have been in the season Moses was in, you would have thought the best is behind me. Moses was actually 40 years old. He had just turned 40. Here's this flip, this switch that happens. If you really look in the scripture, the scripture, Moses' life was every 40 years. And so the scripture flips where Moses now, actually I think Moses was 80 at the time. In his 40 years, he was a shepherd. So here's what happens. For 40 years now, he's, just, he, he's, he's living in this way and as who would have thought, the best is behind me. But did, isn't it interesting that everything that Moses was walking through God was preparing him for something greater in his future. Everything that Moses was walking through was preparing him for his future. No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, everything that we walk through as we face it, God is using it to prepare us for what he has in our future. We just have to be willing to walk in humility and say, God, I accept where I am because I'm gonna trust you that you know best. Instead of having pride that says, I'm gonna take it, I'm gonna run with it, I'm gonna do it, I need to make it happen, I need to do these things. I, no, God, it's in your hands, why? Because I'm, be, I'm gonna walk in humility because I know that God, my life in your hands, the best is yet to come. The best is always yet to come. You may be in a season of your life where you feel like the best years of your life are behind you. I wanna encourage you, that's not true. With God, the best years are always in front of us. I believe that with all my heart and it's encouraging as we see this with Moses. It's also interesting with Moses here. We're talking about walking in humility. If Moses would have been so concerned about getting back to Egypt and getting back to his position as prince, his status, he would have missed God on the mountain. Isn't it interesting that God's presence was on the mountain? If he would have been so concerned about getting the position that he was, called, he was wanting or he was desiring or that he may have been missing, he would have missed God's presence in his life. This happens to us often. We're in the cubicle and we're praying and believing for the corner office. Well, how do we know that God's presence may be wanting to meet us right there in that cubicle? We're in the classroom and we can't wait to get the degree to be in the position of the job. We can be so concerned about that that we can miss his, his presence today. Let me tell you something, God's gonna take care of the future. The future's coming no matter what. So why would we be so concerned about getting and reaching the future? Let us be concerned and be walking humility today. Why? So that we can receive and live in humility and receive and live in his presence today. For those that are single in the room, we can be so concerned about wanting to, be, wanting to be married and wanting to have that relationship. And all those things are great. There's nothing wrong with having a corner office. There's nothing wrong with having a new position. There's nothing wrong with being married. Those things are all great. But if we get so concerned about that, we can miss. God wants to meet us where we are. Right now in the season we are in today, not tomorrow, not next week, God wants to meet with us today. He wants us to experience his presence today. And Moses would have missed this if he would have been too concerned and not been willing to just serve and and lead the sheep and be a a shepherd instead of wanting to be a prince. It's interesting as well because not only does he go from being a prince to a shepherd, the sheep aren't even his. 
The Bible says that he was caring for Jethro, his father-in-law's sheep. There ain't many worse jobs than working for your father-in-law. Come on, somebody. I love my father-in-law. I don't want to work for that, brother. It wasn't even his sheep. He was caring for sheep that weren't even his. He didn't even have the pride to say, man, look at my sheep. Ooh, I'm doing a good job caring for my... No, he's caring for someone else's sheep. Why? Why? Because God was preparing him. God was preparing him to lead people, but not his people, God's people. And the Bible says in Luke, I want to show it to you. The Bible says in Luke chapter 16 and verse 12, it says, if you are not faithful with other people's things, then why should you be trusted with things of your own? See, you may be in a season where you're not seeing and leading and doing the things that you want to do. I would encourage you to understand God has placed you there. Walk in humility. Why? Because he wants you to learn and be prepared for what is to come. If you get so caught up, if we all get so caught up in wanting and desiring something else that we can miss what God is trying to do in our lives. See, as a prince in Egypt, here's what happens. You lead by command. He was a military leader, Moses was. He would lead with command. If he would say it, and they would do it. And if you didn't do it in that time period, you dead, you gone, see you later. That's what would happen. Well, here's the difference. God was trying to teach him not by leading with commands, but by leading with care. And so he says, I want you to lead these sheep. Why? That aren't even your own. Why? Because I want you to learn how to care for something that doesn't matter. Because that's what the Israelites are thinking and looking like to the Egyptians. Nobody cares about them. But God wants them to know, I care about them. So I'm going to send you to lead them. But you have to first know you got how to care, how to care for them. By walking in humility. And so in, in your life... I would encourage you. And nobody like admits they're prideful. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody walks around like, yeah, I'm prideful. But I would encourage you to evaluate your life. Are you really walking in a lifestyle of humility to those around you where you're saying, I'm not looking for a status. I'm not looking for a position. I'm looking for his presence. I don't desire a, a, a position or a platform. I desire his presence. Why? Because his presence is where purpose and where joy and where peace and where life comes from, not from a position or a relationship or a status. None of that we all know is not what really truly satisfies. It's only him. Walking in humility. Exodus chapter three and verse one. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro and the, and the father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led, he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw this and it saw that the bush was on fire and it did not burn up. How do we really prepare for his presence? One, I think we have to walk in humility. Two, there has to be desperation in our lives. And you're like, where do you see desperation through those two scriptures? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to show you. The word Horeb means, I wrote it down so I can give you the exact meaning. It means a desert or a mountain of dried up ground. Here's what the Lord was showing me. Y'all just go with me for a second. Horeb means a desert or a mountain of dried up ground. If it would have been a raining mountain, a, a flourishing mountain, then if the bush would have tried to burn up, it wouldn't have. You ever tried to light wood that's wet? 
Anybody, you ever, like, no joke, it is the most miserable experience of your entire life. I, just recently, a few, few weeks ago, I got the privilege of going hunting with some friends, and it, it had rained the day before with a, the friend who owns the camp. He left all the wood outside in the rain, and so here we are in the freezing cold, taking, these, taking these, this wood, and we're putting them in the fireplace inside, and we're lighting them, and nothing's happening. It's like... And here I am, like, oh, like my, my 115-pound body, oh, you know what I'm saying? I'm freezing. I weigh more than 115 pounds, I'm just joking, but still. I know you actually believe it. I, that really hurts my feelings. <laughs> oh, forgive them, Lord, forgive them. I forgive them, Lord, I forgive them all. Here I am freezing, and so here's my friend gets the idea. Let's get some lighter fluid. I'm like, bro, get the lighter fluid. It's freezing in here. Get it. He gets the lighter fluid. I mean, we, he's doused, he douses. I mean, like when I say dousing, it was like we were, he was dousing it. Of course, you know what happens. He lights it. It's this in, in ginormous flame that lights up the whole entire living room. We're warm for like 15 seconds, and all of a sudden, it all goes down again. It's gone. I'm like, bro, light it up again. Do it again. <laughs> Well, here's what's interesting. Because the wood was wet, it wasn't able, obviously, to be lit. It's the same thing with this bush. This is what the Lord was showing me. Just go with me for a second. If this bush would not have not been so dry that it would catch on fire, then Moses would have missed the presence of God. Here's what's interesting. Oftentimes, we walk through dry seasons, and we look at them as negativity. Could it be that God allows us to walk through seasons of dryness because he desires to light us back on fire? Could it be that the very thing you're crying out for is the very thing he's preparing us for? But what happens is we get so caught up in not feeling what we want to feel that we move on and we miss the fire of God. Now, when we say fire of God, you're like, what does that mean? We all know the, the, the term fire and all the love songs. It's, it's, a, it's a love. It's a burning in our hearts. And this is what God wants, this desperation. I believe this, this desperation for him where we get to the place of where we are so desperate for him as soon as he speaks or as soon as he moves, our hearts are caught on fire for him. It's interesting to me how as Christians, we can go backwards in our passion the older we get in our Christianity. The longer we are Christians, instead of getting more on fire, we can become less on fire. The, less, the, more, the, le, the, the more, more we go, the less passion we have when it should be the more passion we have, we have. It shouldn't be the people that are first on fire for Jesus or are coming to know Jesus that should be more passionate than the ones of us who have been loving him for years. But this is what happens. And this is where I believe God wants us to get to as, a, as, a, as humans, as believers, that we would get back to the place of desperation for him. Here's what desperation does. Desperation always drives us to Jesus. Desperation always drives us back to God. You saw it this week in one of the most tragic events. We saw the whole nation turn to God. 
If you don't know what I'm talking about, you probably haven't been on social media at all or on watching the news. The, the man, Hamar, uh, not Hamar, I almost said Hamar, the, uh, Hamilton, Damar Hamilton, uh, Hamlin, sorry, I'm saying the wrong words. I, it's, it's the first service, okay, give me a break, okay? <laughs> Damar Hamlin, he had a tragic thing happen to him on the, on the football field. The most interesting thing happened after this happened. I wanna show you the picture. Oh, there it is, it's already up there, there it is. The whole field. The whole, the, every team, every teammate, all got on their knees. Didn't matter what color skin they had. Didn't matter what religion, what background. It didn't matter what status they were. It didn't matter what they did last night. It all drew, why? Because of a, a moment of tragedy, it, it, desperation, it drove them back to God. And I would say this as Christians, for those of you that call yourself a Christian, let's not wait for trauma or tragedy to cause us to become desperate for God. Let's not let trauma or tragedy cause us to catch fire for God. I wanna be a Christian that is constantly, continually burning from this desperation of God. I'm so dry without you. I'm so in need with you that as soon as you speak, as soon as you move, my heart is caught on fire for you. And then it's interesting, we read this scripture. If you wanna pull that scripture back up, it's interesting because watch what they, the scripture says. Scripture says, back to verse three, there you go, thank you, or verse one, or verse two, whatever it is. Uh, wilderness and orb, go to verse two, go to the next scripture. Then there, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Then Moses saw that the bush was, not on, was still on fire and it did not burn up. The very next scripture in verse three, it says, and he was amazed by this and he said, I must go see this. Interesting. Moses was not amazed that the bush was on fire. Moses was not amazed that the bush was on fire. Why? Because this was a very dry season. More than likely, he had probably already had seen bushes caught on fire because of how dry the land was. It was a desert. It was wilderness. He probably had seen a bush on fire. He saw the bush on fire. He was not freaking out and like, oh, fire. That's not what happened. What happened was, it's scriptures, if you go back, go back, one more scripture, verse two for me, please, real quick. It says, Moses saw that the bush was on fire and that it did not burn up. Keep going, verse three, if you want to show it to him again. It says, this is amazing, Moses said to him, I have to go see why isn't this bush burning up? He didn't get amazed and get caught up in, oh, I have to go see the bush burning. I have to go see why the bush is still burning. See, here's what's so interesting about desperation. Desperation causes us to, and drives us to his presence and his presence allows fire in our heart and passion in our hearts. But here's what I want. I don't want to just start passionate. I want to end passionate. I don't wanna just start 2023 on fire for Jesus. And in the end of 2023, I'm back where I was in the beginning of 2023. I don't wanna get passionate about my health in 2023 in the beginning and at the end of 2023, I'm just back where I was eating all the donuts. Come on, somebody. Just me, okay, I repent, Jesus help me. I don't wanna get so caught up, hear me, because this is what New Year's resolutions do. It can get us so passionate, New Year's, I love New Year's, they get me so passionate and fired up about what God can do and what I can do and how I can reset and all those things are great, but I don't wanna just start it, I wanna continue it. And here's what's interesting, the scripture says, if you go back one scripture, it says that God was in the bush, he was in the fire. Our fire will always go out. It's only his presence and we will remain in his presence is when our fire will not not go out. 
And so it's important that we don't just get into his presence, but we remain in his presence. It's so important you understand because we can get so caught up and I want to, okay, I want to get them some things right. I want to get my marriage set right and I want to I get my health right. Those are all great. I want to get my Bible reading right. I want to get my praying right. That's great. I want to get in the gym. Come on, for those that have been in the gym the last six days, you know there are people in there that ain't been there for a long time, praise God. And I'm happy about that. That excites me. But we can't let the fire just start. We got to be people that let the fire continue to burn. How do we do that? Remain in his presence. It's interesting that Moses was captivated and captured by the fire continuing to burn. You know what really captivates people's hearts in our city? It's not that Experience Church gets on fire for Jesus in 2023, in the beginning of 2023, and we read our Bibles for 21 days and prayers for 21 days and fast for 21 days. You know what captures, captures, captures and captivates a city? A church that remains on fire for Jesus. One that remains passionate and says, my marriage is more important than my job. One that is passionate and says, my Bible reading and my prayer time, my devotion to God is more important than anything else. One that remains passionate that says, I don't care if my friends in school get mad at me because I don't go out clubbing with the rest of them, but I know I'm passionate for Jesus, not just for a season of 21 days, but for a lifetime. Why? Because we can't just hear me, hear me, hear me. We can't just start and continue to play church. We are living in a world that's not playing. And if we continue to play church, here's what's going to happen. Our fire and our, and, our, and our light is going to continue to dwindle. Why? Because the world will continue to take over. I want to see a people. I want to be a person that not just is on fire, but so desperate for his presence that I remain on fire for him. Why? So that I can captivate and capture people's hearts, not by what I do, but Christ shining through me. This is how we have to be. Faith is not a game that we play. It's a life that we live. And it takes us saying, I desire to be desperate for him. I don't want to just play church. I don't want to just come to a service or a small group and just gather and just giggle and we leave. I want to be a people that we gather and we help light each other on fire. Your father and fire may be dwindling a little bit. You come in, someone else helps light your fire. My fire may be dwindling a little bit. Somebody comes in and helps light my Why? So that we can continue to gather and be the people that God has called us to be and that is be the light of the world. Desperate for him. Desperation. How do we really prepare for his presence? We need to be a people that walk in humility. We have to be a people that live in desperation. And then four or three, as I close, I'm gonna skip three because we don't have any time, praise God. Exodus chapter three and verse five, it says, do not come any closer, God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. So interesting that he says, take off your sandals. Here's where you are, Moses. You're at a place where you're a shepherd and I desire to use you to help reach and lead my people, the Israelites, into freedom. You check this bush out, you see it burning and God's within the bush and he speaks to Moses and Moses draws closer. He's attracted because of the fire and the flame and Moses comes closer and God says, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Don't come any closer. I need you to take your sandals off because you're standing on holy ground. 
How do we be a people that prepares for his presence? We have to walk in humility. We have to be people that are desperate for him. But then also, we got to be a people that are consecrated for him. Consecration. What does the term consecration mean? I'm glad you asked. I'll read it to you just so you know. It means this, the devoting or setting apart of anything to the worship or the service of God. The devoting or setting apart of anything to the worship or service of God. It's interesting because he says, take your shoes off and take your sandals off. And there are all different types of uh, thought processes. And you can read all kinds of studies on different reasons and different ways. People think what the shoes represent. People meant, mean, think it means the past, which is true. Where It's where he's been. God wants him to lay the past aside and look to what he has and look to his presence. That's true. Some say that it represents being unclean. The feet were the most, and the shoes were the most unclean thing on someone's body because they were walking around sandals and this dirt and this desert and he wanted him to remove what was unclean in his life and so that he could really live and walk in his presence and that's true but here's what I think here's what the Lord was showing me I think both of those are true but I think here's another one the Lord was showing me this God didn't say I want you to take your sandals off and I want you to leave them and never pick them back up that would be our past that would be being unclean what he said is I just want you for this moment as you're drawing close to me I want you to take your sandals off. This is what I believe it represents. I believe it represents being consecrated and letting things go, giving something up for a period of time to draw close to God. Fasting. This is what we're going to be doing for the next 21 days. I promise you, Moses wasn't leaving his Nikes. He picked those mugs back up. He said, these things are expensive, God. I'll lay them down. But these mugs are coming back with me. You know what I'm saying? He said, I spent too much. God wasn't asking him to give them up forever. He was asking him to lay, down, lay them down for a season. Why? So that you could enter into a place of holiness with me. See, and here's what's interesting about shoes. Shoe, shoes are not harmful. In fact, shoes are helpful. You ever been around somebody that's got kids and Legos are on their floors and next thing you know, you ain't got no shoes on and you step on the Legos, ow, I wish I had some shoes. Shoes are helpful. You ever been out in the concrete and just running around with no shoes on? Now, some of y'all, you got those scales on your feet. We're praying for you. You know what I'm saying? You, got, you, like, you can walk through a nail and you feel good about yourself. That's not us. We got, I got tender feet. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. It doesn't matter. Shoes are not harmful, they're helpful. He says, gee, God, in this moment, he says, I want you to lay down even something that may be helpful in this moment so that you can draw closer to me. Here's what I want to ask you in your life, something in your life, a meal, that's helpful. But it's fasting, it's laying aside, it's consecrating and saying, God, I'm giving it to you. Why? Why am I consecrating? It's because of this. This is what it means. The devoting or setting apart of anything to worship or to give to service to God. So I'm giving it up not to get something from you, but because I desire to worship you with it. Did you know giving up your social media is worship? Did you know giving up a meal is worship? Did you know giving up whatever it is that you may give up for 21 days, it's worship. Why? Because you're consecrating yourself and you're saying, God, I want to give it to you, preparing for your presence in my life. 
Here's what's interesting. God's presence was there. God was with him. God met him there. He didn't have to do anything for God to meet him. God called him. God knew him. God spoke to him. God was there. But God wanted him to draw a little bit closer, so God asked him to give it. And Moses says, let me take the shoes off, throw them away. Okay, God, here I am. Why? Because these shoes mean nothing compared to your presence. This meal means nothing compared to your your presence. This social media means nothing. Whatever it is that God's asking of you, I'm not going to give you ideas. You give up your own ideas. But here's what I know. It's nothing compared to his presence in my life. And so, God, I'm flipping them off. They're yours. And you know the purest form of worship, the purest form of worship, is no strings attached. The purest form of worship is no strings attached. God, here I am. I'm giving this to you and expecting nothing in return. Why? Because I want this to be a sign of my worship to you. Why? Because it's me preparing for your presence. Well, what if God doesn't show up? And uh, what if God doesn't speak? And what if God doesn't move? It's all good. Why? Because God, I'm giving it to you, expecting no strings attached. Why? Because I'm worshiping you, not for what I can get from you, but who you are in my life. As we in relationship with him, as we walk with him, as we worship him, The desire is not to hold. The desire is to give. And so for these next 21 days, it's not just something we're doing just to do it because we do it. No. I really do believe it's something that we're doing to prepare for his presence in our life. How do we really be a people that walk preparing for his presence? We got to be people that walk in humility. We got to be people that say, God, I'm going to be desperate. I want to be desperate this year in 2023. I want to be more desperate than I ever have been in my life for you. Not desperate for a new position, not desperate for a, a new relationship or a new friendship or whatever it may be. God, all those things are great, but I want to be more desperate for you than anything else. And God, I want to consecrate my life. I want to give it to you. Why? Because I desire to worship you with my life. I encourage you today. I believe this is a word for our season in our church. That we would be a people that live lives preparing for his presence. Amen. Can we pray today? Father, I thank you so much.